Welcome to the City Park Church Podcast. We are changing the culture of the city through the message of hope. Please share at cityparkchurch.com how God has touched your life through our messages. Thank you for listening. Yeah, 50%. So that is amazing. So we, uh, we, um, we appreciate you giving. I usually get an email, you know, every time a notification, every time someone gives. And uh, it happens all week long. People giving, people uh, giving God, giving to the church. And that's, that's a real encouragement and a real blessing, especially to a pastor, to see that people support what you do. And knowing that there is a blessing waiting for you. And uh, just praying over those notifications. You know, thank you, Lord, for their faithfulness. Thank you, Lord, for blessing their, their income, their dreams, their investments, their businesses, their workplace, all those kind of things. So God is a good God. Amen? So are you ready to be blessed? All right. Let's hold up our offerings to the Lord. If you don't have one, just hold your hand up. Father, we just thank you and we give to you this morning. We thank you, Lord. You said that you would open up windows of heaven and pour out a blessing. We thank you for blessings in our lives, our ministries, our businesses, our jobs, and our investments. Everything is blessed. Someone say after me, I'm blessed, blessed, blessed. Come on, say that three times. I'm blessed, blessed, blessed. In Jesus' name, thank you for giving. So as far as uh, your Liberty offering, remember your Liberty offering? We took in like $16,000, which is amazing for our size church. And um, you're probably wondering, weren't we doing the kitchen and doing some landscaping? Well, we're working on that. As you know, if you've tried to find a contractor to do anything these days, they're like uber busy. So we did have somebody come and they're going to give us a bid for flooring and countertops and some of the things that are happening in the kitchen. Once we get that done to find out how much it costs, then we can move to the to the back and begin to plan the back behind the church. So we're, we are working on that. Um, we're starting a new series today called Kingdom Warrior, and I'm excited about that, and I, I am glad to be here, because I can't wait to start. But now i got to go through these announcements. Okay, uh, tonight, Dream Team Rally. We need every single person to come tonight at 6 o'clock. I have this sheet that I've made up of all the different uh, responsibilities that we're going to talk about concerning the Trunk or Treat Fall Fest. And we need at least 30, 35 people that can be here and man those games for those kids. Um, We'll show some pictures tonight of last year. Um, We lost count at around 250 people that came in the building. Um, So we probably think around 300 plus, probably counting how many popcorn bags we gave away. But... uh, Wendy was busy. <laughs> she, couldn't, she couldn't keep up. 
Anyway, um, so we need everyone's help because, you know, two major things we do every year is Easter egg hunt and this fall fest. And this is uh, going to be our third year. And it's just becoming one of those things that people are like, thank you so much for doing this. And they're so appreciative. And it's really cool to see the families come in and the kids dressed in costumes, the adults dressed in costumes. So we dress up. I love how you guys all dress up and just create that, that party atmosphere. So tonight, 6 o'clock, be here. We will start up here in the auditorium with that meeting, and then after that, you can meet with your team leaders. Uh, Promises Group starts uh, this uh, Tuesday night, 7 o'clock. All church prayer, uh, along with youth, is this Wednesday night right here. And then this Saturday is an all-church work day and uh, from 9 to 3. So we have lunch provided, free lunch. If you can come at 9, that's great. If you can come at 10, that's great. If you can come at 11. If you can give two hours, five hours, whatever, we need help. Uh, just to do some deep cleaning, some touch-up painting, and just get some things ready for the winter, okay? Now, next Sunday, we have a special guest speaker coming. His name is Jeff Taylor. Jeff, uh, his father is actually Tom Taylor. He was a pastor for 30 years here in Portland um, and recently uh, retired. But Jeff is his son. He went to Rama actually. Um, he's a, an amazing speaker, but more so uh, God uses him in the area of healing, miracles, and the supernatural. So next Sunday, let's invite somebody that needs a miracle. If, you, if somebody needs healing or something supernatural, they need some body part created, and I'm serious, they need something, something happening, they need to get out of a wheelchair, bring them next Sunday. We have an elevator. We can get them up here. So let's, uh, let's be here, ready to go, and let's fill the place up with people, okay? And let's believe God for revival next Sunday. Um, he just had an opening in his schedule and called us. We've been trying to get him to come for a while, and this won't be the last time. It'll be a great introduction to our church. Let me just show you a little video of, uh, actually, that's him in Nepal, where he ministers internationally, and he's going there in a few months, actually, back to Nepal. Um, but I'll show you a little promo video about his ministry. Okay. Everybody say, Jeff Taylor's coming. Now, if you're not on Facebook, get on Facebook because I sent out you know, pictures and promos. When I send those out to the Facebook group, share those things. That's the best way to invite somebody. Call them, compel them. Don't give them an option. Just tell them you'll pick them up and you'll buy their lunch afterwards, all right? Hallelujah. We were at breakfast and Larry was like inviting, um, inviting someone. He's like, listen, uh, we'll have an evangelist come, a healing evangelist, and you're coming to church with me next Sunday, and I will pick you up. Goodbye. She, she texted back and said, okay. I can't say no to Larry. Michelle didn't, right? So <laughs> anyway, 
Awesome. So in October, we have another guest speaker on the weekend of the 21st and 22nd, Jim Rogan. Most of us know who he is. We do this, um, this morning Bible school on that Saturday. Start at 8.30, and then we'll go to about 1 o'clock, then we have free lunch after that. We set up tables up here, have a Bible school setting, and get uh, dig deep into the Word. He's a great teacher, and he's a fun guy to be around, and then he will be speaking on uh, that morning, the 22nd. And then the trunk or treat is on the 31st. That's a Tuesday. So we will be setting up, um, setting up the whole fall festival that Sunday after church on the 29th. So right after church, we bring our lunch. We'll set everything up. We'll talk about that tonight and get it all ready. So that way, Tuesday comes, bang, we open the doors. We're ready to go because it starts at 4 o'clock. That's when all of the uh, downtown Gresham, because uh, we can't get the people out of the street. So 4 o'clock till 7, we go an hour after they close. Because we can't get the people out of the building anyway, because they're all coming from over there. I don't know if you were here last year, but they had the street backed up with cars, and people were trying to come across the street, and we're trying to tell them, use the crosswalk, you know, so people don't get hit. But it, um, it was quite the mayhem and fun party. Awesome. Well, take out your phones and uh, like us on Facebook. Check in. Tell somebody that you're at church this morning. And we appreciate you doing that uh, and continually being uh, a witness for the Lord. Kingdom Warrior. Kingdom Warrior. This is going to be our series for the next number of weeks. And to have Jeff actually come next week fits right in with what we're talking about. Um, One time I got this phone call and uh, this guy said, uh, we'd like to stay in your cabin on Mount Hood. And would you consider a trade? And I said, sure. um, What do you got to trade? He's like, Blazers tickets. I was like, okay, sure. Blazers tickets. You know, I don't want the section, you know, three way up with a nosebleed, you know. Uh, those those are good seats. But what kind of tickets do you got? He goes, I got some Cooney Lexus level tickets. I was like, okay, now we're talking. So uh, I need five of them. He's like, five? I'm like, yeah. And uh, so we did the trade. He gives us, he mails us the tickets. And uh, I loved it because when you get to the Moda Center, it's like special parking And then it's a special entrance into that level. And then you go in, and it's it's not just like popcorn and hot dogs. It's like a buffet. You know, we're talking, you know, roast beef and ham and chicken and salads and hot food, all you can eat. I was like, wow, this is amazing. Look at all this food. And then you go from one table, you go over to this other section. It's got this whole complete salad bar and fruit and 
all you can eat, more food than you could ever dream of. Then you go over to this other section and, and, and this with access from this one ticket. You're like, wow, I get all this from this one ticket. You go to this other section and it's like a pizza bar. Like all these pizzas and different, I'm thinking, who can eat all this food? And then they tell us that with that ticket, you can go to the regular snack bar and you can get as much as you want all throughout the game. Like as many candy bars, as many, you know, ropes, what do you call it, the... Yeah, yeah, licorice ropes, as many drinks, as, you can get as much as you want. And I was like, I love this ticket. This is the most amazing experience. And, and you know, and then you go out, you got really good seats and, you know, you're sitting there and every 10 minutes our kids are getting up. I'm like, where are you going? We're going to the snack bar. I'm like, how many candy bars can you eat? They come back and they got their pockets full of candy bars. I'm like, now stop that, okay? That's enough, <laughs> <laughs> but it was amazing what that ticket gave you and what access you had and what benefits you had. And it's the same way with the kingdom of God. The tick, the golden ticket has been given to us. You guys remember Charlie in Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory? He opens that candy bar and his eyes light up big and he's got the golden ticket. And he wins, you know, and he runs through the streets, you know, and he goes home and he shows his grandpa, 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 I got the golden ticket. You know, and his grandpa's laying in the bed. You think he's lame, you know, and uh, he was just, we just find out he's lazy, you know. And uh, he's like, I can bring one person with me and I want that to be you. And the grandpa's like, oh, Charlie, that's so amazing. I'm so happy for you. And, and, and he had access into Willy Wonka's factory. All the candy you can imagine, the sweets and And then eventually he wins the business and owns the factory. You know, as believers, we have unlimited access to his power and authority. Unlimited. And it is so important to know not only what we have, but who we are in order to access it. You've been given that ticket. And so this morning in this beginning of this series, we're going to talk about your kingdom of God identity. Who are you and what belongs to you? Because knowing this foundational subject and what we're going to talk about, a lot of scriptures, a lot of things, will set the stage in order for you to grow in order for you to progress forward in your walk with the Lord and live the life of victory that you were called to live. The life of victory and the the authority that you've been given over the devil. Amen? Okay. Thank you so much. Now, the kingdom warrior, which we are, we wage war based on our kingdom identity not based on our earthly identity or our Satan identity, which would be your earthly identity. There are two kingdoms. There is the kingdom of God and there's the kingdom of Satan. How many kingdoms are there? Kingdom of, and the kingdom of, there's two kingdoms. What is it? The kingdom of God and the kingdom of, okay, now that we've established that. Two kingdoms. And these two kingdoms are, are at war with each other. 
There's a battle going on. Now, what does a kingdom warrior, what's the definition of a kingdom warrior? A kingdom warrior is a relentless, trained, fierce, disciplined fighter. Amen? And how do we fight? Can Can we switch microphones and get that off there? We're good? All right. So how do we fight? We fight by doing two things. We declare it, and then secondly, we demonstrate it. Two things. We declare it, this is how we fight, and we demonstrate it as kingdom warriors. So uh, the best way to declare it is to demonstrate it. See, there's a lot of Christians that declare it, but they don't demonstrate it. So literally, they should just stop declaring it because they're giving God a bad name. Stop talking about it if you're not living it. God wants us to live it. And the best way to demonstrate it is to live it. There's sometimes you can't even declare it or say anything about it, but your actions speak louder than words to your family and friends and the people around you by the way that you're living it. And they see God blessing your life, okay? The kingdom warrior, your job is to destroy the works of the devil, just like Jesus did. And he's given you the authority to do so, to destroy the works of the devil. How do we do that? We do that through prayer and we do that through declaration. So we're gonna gonna start out with a little prayer here. We're gonna put the prayer up on the screen and we're gonna pray this prayer to begin. And if you would like this prayer, I'll put it on Facebook later on. Are we ready? We're gonna say this together. Ready, begin. Heavenly Father, as a kingdom warrior, my desire is to demonstrate the kingdom of God with my life, destroying the works of the devil. As a kingdom warrior, I have a clear understanding of my identity in Christ. My identity will dictate the authority and power you have given me. As a kingdom warrior, I cannot fulfill my mission without the Spirit of God moving through my life. Therefore, Holy Spirit, I give you permission to fill me with a powerful anointing. Fall upon me and equip me as a warrior for the battle. As a kingdom warrior, I must have a renewed mind in order to take every thought captive dwelling only on thoughts that are acceptable to you. As a kingdom warrior, I will create an atmosphere of faith by speaking life to everyone I meet. As a kingdom warrior, I will review every situation from your perspective, focusing on what you are doing more than Satan is doing. As a kingdom warrior, My hands must carry the powerful anointing of God that breaks the spiritual chains on people's lives. Amen. Someone say amen. Now, this morning, our teacher is the Holy Spirit. He's in the room. And we come to church not to be entertained, but we come to church to grow. That's the reason why we're here. We are not consumers as Christians, we are contributors. Amen? 
So we ask God to speak to us this morning. And we ask the Holy Spirit to teach us. Let's turn to 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 23. Our base scripture this morning, 1 Thessalonians 5, 23. Everything in the NIV normally, unless otherwise noted. But this is what Paul wrote to the Thessalonians. He said, he said this, may God himself, love that. The God of peace sanctify you through and through. Someone say sanctification. Sanctification is the process that we go through after we become born again and we become new creatures in Christ. Sanctification is the cleansing process that we go through where we renew our mind with the word of God and change our thinking and begin to think and feel like God thinks. And we say to our body, you no longer have control over me. I'm not going to follow my flesh or my sin nature anymore. I've been empowered by the Holy Spirit to overcome the sins of my past and the sins of my flesh, and I am renewing my mind. I will not continue to think like I used to think as an earthly being. I'm going to begin to think as a heavenly being, filled with God's word. Amen? Sanctify you through and through. May your whole spirit... Let me switch soul, and body. Give a big hand for Cameron. All right. Yeah. Yeah. See, the devil wants to steal our attention because for me, these little things just annoy me. Do they annoy you? Like, oh my gosh, the microphone is not working good. Okay. Let's get back in, in pace here. Okay. May the... May God himself, the God of peace, sanctify you through and through. This is a process that we go through, the process of sanctification. doesn't instantly happen. It's a continual process, and you continue in that process to the day you die. You just don't arrive. But the more that you follow God, the easier it gets. The more word you're in, what church services you're in, the more messages you listen to, the more you engage in prayer and battle, the more you cast down imaginations, that process gets easier. Amen? It gets easier. At the beginning, it can be difficult. That's why people give up on Christianity because they can't handle the battle because most get saved and don't ever go to church after that. They get saved in a crusade. They get saved somewhere and they don't get any information or revelation or knowledge about who God is and who they are. Okay, we got to stop this thing because it's annoying the heck out of me. Do I need to use a wire mic? All right. <laughs> it's not your fault. I know. You guys actually, the videos were perfect, by the way, today. So I just want to let you know that. You did a fabulous job. But, okay, it says, may your whole spirit, soul, and body. Somebody say spirit, soul, and body. Be kept blameless at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. The one who calls you is faithful and he will do it. Now, this is the man on three dimensions we want to talk about and focus on today. The spirit, the soul, and the body. We are a three-part being. We are not just soul and body, okay? This is not the spa where you come to get a massage and you rejuvenate your soul and your body. You'll see it on the sign outside of the spa, rejuvenate your soul and body. Well, they forgot that we're spirits. We are predominantly spirits. We are eternally spirits, We are spirit beings. Without your spirit, you would be flopped on the floor. You'd be dead. 
The spirit is what gives you life. The spirit is, is where you live and where you dwell. And when you get filled with the Holy Spirit, it's even better. Hallelujah. And so your spirit is eternal. It'll live forever. Man on three dimensions. Someone say, I am a spirit. I have a soul. I live in a body. Not I am a soul, I have a spirit, I live in a body. I am a spirit. I am a spirit, I have a soul, and I live in a body. And I want to talk about these three things. Let's first backtrack, and I, I really believe that they're in order of importance. The body is not more important than the spirit. The spirit is number one. I am a spirit, I have a soul, I live in a body. The soul, the mind, the will, emotions, the conscience is not as important as the spirit, man. But I'm going to start at the bottom now. I'm going to start with the body. Your physical body. So, you know, pinch yourself, touch yourself. This is your body. This is the house that you live in, whether you like it or not. (laughs) This is what you get. You get one chance. This is your body. (laughs) The body that is decaying, the body that needs deodorant, the body that needs showers. (laughs) <laughs> the body that is, is emitting dead skin cells every day. Doesn't that sound wonderful? It's not dust in your home, by the way. It's dead skin cells. The, the body is the part of you, the house that you live in on this earth. Jesus had one too when he came to the earth. Amen? This is, this is the physical part. This is how we interact with the physical world. This is how we run, we ride bikes, we walk, we fly on airplanes, we go in it with our body. We take our body, mirror. We put that. Our identity with our body is established by what you see in the mirror. We put that visual up there. These three things that I'm going over. Appreciate that. It's what you see in the mirror. And don't, don't kid me now because I know you all look in the mirror. Before you leave the house, you look in the mirror. Whether you like it or not, you, 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 may, you may have one of the smaller mirrors because you don't want to see below the neck. You know what I'm talking about? And so you look at, in the mirror and you fix your hair and you're looking at this picture, you know. If you don't look in the mirror, then you could be in trouble because your hair could be sticking up, you know. And then your wife will say, how come you didn't tell me I look like that? <laughs> right? How come you didn't tell me I have a stain on my shirt? And I'll, and I'll just play the, uh, the man-husband card. I'm sorry, honey, you know. <laughs> like, you know, how come you didn't notice I bought something new? I'm like, well, you have something new every day. <laughs> this is what I think. She said it's not true, but you have not seen her closet. <laughs> you... you you look in the mirror, and the Bible says when you look in the mirror, you actually forget what you see. You've got to go back, and you've got to look again. And you look at it, and you think to yourself, see, when you got saved and you were 200 pounds, you still remained at 200 pounds, right? When you got saved and you had blonde hair, you still had blonde hair. It didn't change, right? When you got saved, your feet were still, you know, size 11, guys, and your feet didn't grow or get smaller right? You remained the same. Now, what is the salvation impact? When you get saved, what is the salvation impact on your body? Well, it depends. It depends. Can salvation impact your body? Yeah, absolutely. If you're sick, you can be healed. Amen? 
If you have missing body parts, God can recreate them. Hallelujah. God can do miracles in your body. God will give you strength where there's no strength. Energy where you're weak. Let the weak say, I'm strong. Amen? He, he will help you with your body. And as you age, you can age with grace and he will renew your strength like the eagles. So we need to stop going around saying, I'm tired. I'm always tired. I'm getting old. My wife's always on my case about that one. I'm just old, getting old. I'm only 55, you know. I'm getting old, you know. Stop saying that. Say I'm strong. Say I'm healthy. Amen. Say with long life, will he satisfy me and show me his salvation till the day I am satisfied, that's when I'll go home. Amen? So our body, salvation impact. Salvation can have an impact on your body as far as your physical health, as far as you losing weight. God can help you do all these things, getting back in shape, uh, getting your blood sugar in in the right situation, reducing your, your blood pressure by losing weight and going to the gym. Everybody say the gym salvation impact, he can give you the inspiration and the strength to get in shape. Why does he want you to be in shape? Because he can't use you if you're constantly focused on pain and sickness and all your money is being deposited to the doctors around town, right? Thank God for doctors, but God wants you to focus on his will for your life. Satan will take your focus off of the will of God for your life and preaching and teaching and and witnessing and loving people and giving to people and make you so self-consumed because of pain, sickness, and disease. That's his goal. Distracting you from the real purpose why you, because, because you were created. Amen? Remember for how many years the woman with the issue of blood was going to doctors? 12 Years And she emphasized that fact when she went to Jesus. I've been dealing with this for 12 years. I've spent all of my money, probably all of her time. And then when she was healed and set free, her life changed because of Jesus. No longer do I have to focus on the pains and the weaknesses of my flesh. I have the energy and the strength to do the will of God. Amen. Now let's talk about the soul. The soul is your mind, your will, your emotions, your conscience, your personality. The soul, when you, the salvation impact on your soul, it depends. It depends because we are responsible to renew our mind according to Romans chapter 12 by The word of God, the word of God will renew your thinking and change your life because as a man thinketh, so is he. And as a man thinketh and meditates, so he will do and become. So our our mind is important. Our mind will go to heaven with us because the soul interacts with the spirit. So when you go to heaven, you don't forget who you are. You don't forget who you were married to. You don't forget your family. You don't forget your, the things uh, you did in your life. You'll remember the good things. The good thing about heaven is 
You may remember the bad things, but they will not have an impact upon you because you will be predominantly dominated by your spirit, man. And your spirit is love, joy, peace, forgiveness, forgetting the past, moving on. You, you, when you get to heaven, you arrive at the ultimate God position in life, amen, where it's complete forgiveness, love, peace, joy, purpose, eternal, eternal greatness, hallelujah. But if we study, read some books and study about people and listen to some people who have been to heaven and come back, they will witness to you and they will tell you about the conversations they've had with people about the past. Like, for example, um, Keith Moore went to heaven and saw his father. And, and his, his father was asking questions about his ministry. And he knew that when he met his father and talked to his father, that his father absolutely loved him and was for him and his ministry because that's all his father could talk about. What are you doing? What is God doing through you in your ministry? Because what do we do up in heaven? The Bible says that when you get to heaven, you're part of a cloud of witnesses. What, what is that cloud of witnesses? There's a huge grandstand in the sky of all the people that have gone on before you and they can see down on the earth. Can, can my mom see me now preaching? Yes. Can my dad see me preaching? Yes. And you know what she's doing right now? My dad and mom, they're sitting next to each other. Maybe they're, maybe they're in the big grandstand of heaven and the worship service has just got over and they're all looking down or maybe they're sitting on the front porch of their mansion and they're both rocking in their own rocking chairs and they're looking down and they're saying, go Robbie, preach, cheering me on. They can see what's going on. They know what's happening and they're up there cheering you on. Guess what? Those who've gone on before you, they are so glad that you're at City Park Church receiving the word and worshiping God. And they're like, come on, keep serving God. Be planted in the house that God has, has given to you. Serve with all your heart. Now, the spirit interacts with the body. Our identity, as far as our soul is concerned, is established by what you feel and what you think or what you think and what you feel because your thoughts affect your feelings. Did you know that you can actually change how you feel by what you think? You can change your emotional state by the thoughts that you allow yourself to think. You can can literally love someone you've never loved that actually has done wrong to you by the thoughts you think about them. Jesus said you love your enemies and do good to those who hate you. How do you do that? Change your thinking about them. So instead of cursing them, instead of talking bad about them, instead of always engaging in negative conversation about them, we change what we think by what we say and begin to say good things and do what? Love according to the word of God that has been, God's love that's been born in you says this, believes the best of every person. God's supernatural love that was 
deposited into you believes the best of every person. And if you believe the best of every person, you begin to speak the best of every person. And if you speak the best of every person, you can literally change your emotional state and your feelings about that person. You can do that in every area. You can renew and rejuvenate your emotions. We're in control. And we do that not in the natural. We do that by the supernatural infiltration of the word of God. The word of God is able to renew how you think. It's able to renew your, no matter what you've gone through in your life, no matter what traumatic thing has happened to you, the word of God is supernatural and can change how you think and feel about situations and circumstances and people. Transformation, total. This morning, I'm giving you information. The first gate that that information goes into is your mind. You're listening to me up here. That's the gate that that information comes into. Now, in church, it's just not information. It is actually spiritual food. If you study arithmetic or math, that's information that subject will only affect your intellect and your mind. It does not affect your spirit because arithmetic is not spiritual food. It's informational. It's educational. Church is not just an educational experience. Come on, are you out there this morning? The word of God is spirit food to spirit beings. So as we share the word of God and the truth of the word of God, it comes first into the gate of your mind And if you're open, if you're listening, if you're willing, that information can drop down 14 inches into your spirit and affect your spirit with spiritual food. And depending on where you're at in your growth with the Lord, different food affects different people. Depending on the the pliability of your heart and how you've maintained the ground of your heart, Hopefully it's not become hardened towards God or hardened towards the word or or even hardened towards me as your leader or your pastor. Hopefully you're able to receive that food and that it's soft soil, pliable soil and the seed of the word becomes not just information, it becomes inspiration and revelation that then drops down into your spirit, man, and becomes life to you. It becomes becomes food in your spirit that you you leave here and you live on during the week. And and for one person, it'll be different on this aisle to someone on this aisle. If I ask someone after church, what did you get? They'll tell me something completely different. Why? Because we're all at different places in our spiritual walk. Amen? So that's why we come to church. We don't want to just come to church to get information. We don't want to come to church just to be entertained. We want to come to church to grow. We want to move on in our spiritual walk. We want, to, we want to take another step. We want to move forward. We want to continue to renew our minds and our thoughts and our feelings. We don't want to stay where we were at 10 years ago when we received Christ or 20 years ago. We should be much further along down the road as far as freedom is concerned. You shall know the truth and the truth will set you free. The more truth you know, Down here, the more truth comes deposited into your spirit, the more free you'll be. 
Hallelujah. When people stop coming to church, they reach that level. That's all I can take. I don't want to deal with any of my negative thoughts or my sinful ways. I don't want to put my flesh under anymore. I'm just going to kind of yield to that. I don't want to come anymore. So they, they cut off the spiritual truth coming to them because they've reached that point where that's it. I'm not willing to go any further. I'm not willing to deal anymore. I'm not, I'm not willing to unveil myself to the Lord and be transparent to him or to anybody else. I am where I'm at. I'm out of here. I'm just going to live my life now. Leave me alone. Don't call me, Pastor Bob. You guys out there? But those who press through and those who are continually open, there's unlimited power and that golden ticket belongs to you. Unlimited power and Holy Spirit, everything belongs to you. Unlimited growth, unlimited potential. So let's talk about the spirit now, your spiritual self. This is the part that interacts with God. We don't interact with God with our minds. Spirit to spirit. God is a spirit and those that worship him must worship in spirit and in truth. We don't worship God with our mind. We start out singing a song. Here I am to worship. Oh, oh, I know that song. Okay, thank God I know that song. But literally you, you have the words memorized because it's an easy song and you know it. But throughout the worship service, hopefully at the beginning, not at the end, you begin to interact with God from down here. The words aren't coming from here. The words have been deposited into your spirit and you begin to sing from your heart or your spirit, man. You begin to worship God from the depths of your soul, the depths of your spirit, not soul, the depths of your heart, the depths of your spirit down here. You can sense God's plan. You can sense his voice down here, that inner voice, that, that soft you know, voice. You can sense the inner witness. You know God lives in you and you know that your body is a temple of the Holy Spirit and God, God is there. You sense it. And the more you give place to him, the more that you pray in the spirit, the more the word comes to you, the more you worship him, the more sensitive you become to his voice. You begin to know his voice more and more and you begin to follow that. Becomes exciting because you know God is leading you and guiding you, not up here, down here. You interact. Romans 8, Romans 8, 15 in 16 says, the spirit you receive does not make you slaves so that you live in fear again. Rather, the spirit you received brought about your adoption to sonship. And by him, we cry, Abba, Father, says the spirit himself, capital H, testifies with our spirit that we are God's children. There's a, there's a, a testifying going on on the inside. When you get born again, you know deep down inside your spirit begins to, to testify that now you are God's son or daughter. And that testimony on the inside continues throughout your walk with him. If your spirit down here isn't testifying and, and you don't sense the presence of God and the voice of God, then you haven't given him place recently. You have to give God place every day. In the morning, Lord, I hear your voice. In the morning, I wait in expectation. 
I wait in expectation for my spirit to testify that you are there, that you will lead me and guide me. Hallelujah. Uh, Your identity is established not because you have a degree or not because you have a managerial position in your job or not because you're a mother or a father or not even because I'm a pastor. My identity is established by God's word, by what God says about me. James chapter one and verse 23 says this, anyone who listens to the word but does not do what it says is like someone who looks at his face in a mirror and after looking at himself goes away and immediately forgets what he looks like. Aha. Hmm. Our salvation impact, as far as the spirit is concerned, completely new creation. The old becomes new. It is one of the most supernatural things that can happen on the face of the planet when someone who isn't born again becomes born again. And it takes a second. If you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart, God raised him from the dead, you are saved. It is a free gift. By grace, you have been saved through faith, not of yourselves. It is a gift of God. Jesus paid the price for your new creation status. Come on, someone say, I'm a new creation in Christ. You remember when you were born again. You remember when you accepted Jesus as your savior. That never went away, that never left. You would think, well, I don't feel like it. Well, that's why we're here. We're here to get you back into the word of God so that you begin to sense his presence again and hear his voice again and give place to your spirit because spirit food cannot be neglected if you intend to fulfill the word of God. You've got to have regular spirit food. But most people have starving spirits. They get one small little snack a week on Sunday morning and nothing Monday through Friday or Saturday. You have to feed your spirit, man, if you're gonna follow God. It's gotta be regular. It's gotta be habitual every day, whether it's a verse off of Facebook that pops up or you're reading a chapter, whatever it is, you've got to feed yourself with spiritual food. If you want to maintain the status and the level of freedom that you're at, or if you want to go beyond that, you've got to get into the word. You cannot neglect the word. The salvation impact, 2 Corinthians 5, 17, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. All old things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. So now we're going to put all three of the body, soul, and spirit um, up there on the screen. You can see them all side by side. You'll notice as we review here, the body, which is the physical body, it interacts with the physical world. Your identity established by what you see in the mirror. The salvation impact depends upon you. Will salvation impact your body? It can. Your soul, your mind, your conscience, your will, your emotions, your identity is established by what you feel and think or your identity is established by your name, your family name, your history. That's all good or maybe it's not good and you don't want it anymore. That can be eradicated easily by the Lord 
It's established, but your salvation impact upon your soul, your feelings, your emotions, your personality, it depends. God can change your personality. Amen? Where you were once the saddest, most negative person, you've become the happiest, most positive person on the planet. He can change you. But you gotta be willing. You gotta be willing. You gotta be willing. And your spirit is your spiritual self. That's the part that interacts with God. We sing from our hearts. We sing from our spirits. Our identity is established by God's word and that salvation impact is immediate. Your sanctification process is growing in Christ. And that's what we're establishing here today. The soul has to change. It has to be renewed. The Bible talks about casting down imaginations and thoughts, taking control of your thoughts and casting them down and bringing them obedient to the word of God. Meaning those, those negative thoughts that come to you, the fiery darts of Satan that try to come at you with these thoughts from the outside and he fires darts at your head. Literally because of the word of God, you recognize after a while when you're in God's word that that thought is not my thought. And Satan, either he's gonna you know, bring a negative thought or he'll remind you of past failures or sin or he'll remind you of past traumatic events. You have the ability to say, no, I refuse to think that. I cast that down and I bring that thought to the obedience of Christ. I, ref- I-, I say this to myself. I refuse to feel the way I feel. I command my feelings to line up with God's word. The fiery dart of inferiority will come at you. It'll come at you and it'll lie to you. It'll remind you of your failures and your weaknesses and you turn around and say, no devil, I recognize where that fiery dart has come from. That arrow is not gonna affect me. I refuse to feel that way or allow that thought to change my emotions I command my feelings to line up with God's word. What does God's word say? God's word says I'm a champion. I'm a victor, not a victim. Hallelujah. I am more than a conqueror through Christ Jesus who loves me. Nothing shall be able to separate me from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus, our Lord. And I am in Christ, a new creation. And guess what, devil? All old things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. I've been made new. 27 years ago, I was born again in a Baptist church, sitting on the floor with a bunch of teenagers, and I raised my hand, and that was the day that heaven became my home, and I became a citizen of heaven. Begin to say those things out loud. Amen? Talk those things. Just don't think them. Talk them out loud. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. If you don't got, you know, your iPod and you don't got, you know, a radio or a television program with TBN or whatever on, speak the word of God out of your own mouth. Your faith actually builds your faith. The words that come out of your mouth actually build you up. The faith that comes from hearing yourself speak changes you. Even, I I believe even more so because it's coming from here. That's why, this this is why God said, guard your hearts, guard your spirit, man, with all diligence for out of it flows the issues of life. You gotta guard that. 
You can't allow the negative experiences in, in your past to affect and harden your heart because it can get hard in places. You can get negative. You can, you can shut off. You can actually come to church all your life, but there's certain subjects you, you actually can shut off that you don't want to hear. Maybe you've been believing God for, for something for a long time and you've gotten bitter over it because God hasn't answered your prayer. You can shut that area off. You like to hear the subject of love and peace, but you don't want to hear the subject of faith and prayer. Because God hasn't answered my prayer. <sighs> what you need to know is this. God loves you and he's for you in every situation and circumstance. And don't get in that position where you're blaming him. We've got to look within ourselves and we've got to ask God, where have I missed it? Where have I allowed bitterness or unforgiveness to get into my life? Help me to break up that soil and help me to receive again. Amen? One more scripture, Ephesians chapter two and verse four. Ephesians chapter two and verse four. And then we are gonna stand up and we are gonna declare our kingdom of God identity together. And then we're gonna end our service. Ephesians two, Paul said, God who is rich in mercy, grace, mercy, and peace. We talked about it at men's breakfast yesterday. Paul wrote salutations and he said, grace and peace be with you through our Lord Jesus Christ. But three times he said, grace, mercy, and peace be with you. He said it once to Timothy, who was a young pastor going through some traumatic times as a young pastor. He also said it to Titus. Knowing that Timothy, for example, as a young pastor was going through some trying times and circumstances, dealing with uh, Satan's kingdom in the town where he was pastoring, dealing with people not listening to what he was preaching and living, not wanting to change, but living a life of sin, trying to come to church and live the double life. He was frustrated more so. And when Paul wrote to him, he was inspired by the spirit to not just say grace and peace. He said grace, mercy, and peace. He needed an extra dose of mercy because it's through his mercy that God is gonna get you through this. Don't give up. Don't quit on God. God has a plan for your life. He's got something continuing that he wants you to do and fulfill to the end, to the very end. Who is rich in mercy made us alive with Christ even when we were dead in transgressions. It is by grace you have been saved. And God raised us up with Christ and seated us with him in the heavenly realms in Christ Jesus. Now, when you want to talk to God, here is your position. Your position isn't like, oh God, up in heaven, please come down and help me. Oh Lord, I need you, where are you? No, the Bible says you were seated with him in Christ in heavenly places. So when you want to talk to God, you know what you do? You just turn to the right and say, hey God, because he's right there. Hello, Lord. I love you. 
Thank you for saving me and setting me free. But God, I had a question. <laughs> I mean, no, it's okay to ask him questions. Be real with them, you know? Just stop praying the, the religious King James prayers and just talk to God, amen? Come to him and ask, you know, I, I always love to do this with people because sometimes when I get in a bind, I can be a little bit direct and abrasive and I've learned to say, excuse me, I'm, I have a question for you, Lord, I'm seeking, I mean, oh, excuse me, uh, sir, ma'am, I'm seeking to understand. So don't get offended when I ask this question. I do the same thing with God. God, I am seeking to understand. Don't completely understand what's going on here. Can, can you shed a little light on this thing? Can you, can you show us something about this situation? Because God uses the gifts of the Spirit to reveal things to us as leaders and as people to help people to be restored, not to judge people. The gifts of the spirits aren't, aren't to judge people. They're, he's given us the gifts of the spirit to help people to be free. That's God's MO all the time. To, to get us free from the things that keep us in bondage so we can, can rise up to, the, to that next level of freedom that he has for us. Amen? Are you ready? Are you ready to declare your kingdom of God identity? Come on, are you ready? And stand up, because we're ending this morning with this. Now, I know this spirit, soul, and body message for many of you is foundational, but for some of you, you probably think to yourself, I never heard that explained in that way before. And what it will do is it'll turn on the light and you're like, oh, okay, well, that's why I go through what I'm going through. I need to make a few changes there. It brings revelation or it also may bring just a reminder of what you've gone through in life and understanding that, um, that there's some things that you need to change. And being reminded of things is a good thing because you understand, okay, here's where the battle is because I'm a kingdom warrior and this is how I need to fight it. This is how I need to come at it. Okay, um, so stop living in, in condemnation and guilt. The, the, this kind of teaching will set you free, okay? As you begin to implement it in your life, as you get in the word, as you continue to re- renew your mind, but as you continue to, to fight Satan and destroy the works of Satan against you. And when you get good at destroying the works of Satan against you and your family, you can get strong enough where you begin to destroy the works of Satan against your friends, extended family, and people you don't even know. That's exciting. It it may just be in prayer. It may be in binding the enemy because what you bind on earth will be bound in heaven, right? It can be saying, Satan, I resist you in Jesus' name. I command you to take your hands off of my mother. I command you to take your hands off of that person in the hospital that you're visiting and praying for. I command you to take your your hand of cancer off of that person in Jesus' name. You know that you have authority to do so. Amen? See, we don't beg God to do things anymore. We're not begging God. We don't ask God to, to take cancer away from people. He already has. And he's given us as his representatives, his children, the authority to speak to that cancer and command it to go. 
by the authority of the word of God and by the authority and the power of the name of Jesus, I command cancer to leave. I command sickness to go. I command confusion to leave my children, to leave my household. I'm taking authority over those things because I am an inheritance. I am living in the inheritance of the Lord and this is the power and the authority that he has given me. We don't beg God to do things. He already has done everything through his son, Jesus Christ. And we are seated with him at the right hand of the father on the same level, the same plane. I'm not saying we're gods, understand that. But we're on that same level in that same plane and we wanna access heaven and talk to God. We don't beg him to do things. We turn to the right or we turn to the left, whatever side you're sitting on, sitting at the right hand of, of, of the father. We turn to the right and say, father, daddy, Abba, Amen. This is, how it, this is how Christianity works. When I'm with other pastors and we're praying for people and they, they have these long drawn out prayers. I was at a pastor's meeting, um, a Gresham pastor's group, you know, we're praying for this one pastor whose grandson has cancer and all the other pastors, God bless their hearts, I love them. They're just asking God and begging God, God, please remove the cancer from this boy. And inside me, I am like stirring, you know, righteous anger. I'm thinking, okay, I'm gonna pray next. Hallelujah. Because we're gonna get some things done in the spirit. And so when, when I got to pray and I said, Father, in the name of Jesus, I command that cancer to go from that boy in Jesus' name. And those who are of, of the same camp and of, of the same understanding, three or four in the room were like, amen, thank you, Jesus. How they started, you know, raising their voices because they're like, finally, somebody who knows his authority and knows how to pray and knows how to speak and understands that his words that he speaks have the same power as the word of God. As if Jesus is speaking himself. Jesus said, greater things will you do because I'm going to the Father. The same things, even greater things that Jesus did on the earth, we can do because we've been given the same Holy Spirit and the same power. Hallelujah. We need to stop being baby Christians and we need to grow up. Hallelujah. We need to understand who we are and what our identity is and begin to walk in that victory for our own lives and the people around us. Fathers, take authority over your households. That's not a popular message. I understand that. You have the authority over your household. Pastors, take authority over your churches and congregations. Take authority over your businesses. Command the devil to take his hands off of your finances. Hallelujah. This is how you pray. Remember, we talked about it with the stake thing in Mark chapter 11. We don't miss it in our praying. We miss it in our saying. Pray, ask God, and then speak. Every time you go by that stake that hopefully you've driven in your yard, make sure you do that. Every time you go by, what are we doing? We are claiming, claiming it belongs to me. It belongs to me. Hallelujah. In Jesus' name, belongs to me. Are you ready? I need you to stay with me on pace here. You're gonna try to stay with me. It's a number of slides here about our kingdom identity. But after this, we're gonna give a big shout. But I need you all to engage really loud. 
okay? Let's not just hear it ourselves, but let's let people hear it outside and let's especially let the devil hear it who doesn't want you to have this revelation. Declare it to him. That tormenting spirit that's been bothering you, these kind of confessions will make him flee from you. What did Jesus do? This is what Jesus did when he was tempted to the devil. He said, it is written. He quoted the word because the word has power. So this is what we're doing. We're quoting the word for ourselves to help renew our minds, but also to remind the devil, this is who we are. This is my identity in Christ. Amen? And this is my position. So take your little measly, little impy little hands off. Come on, somebody say, little, little devil. Big God. See, Christians believe it the other way. Oh my gosh, the devil, you're not going to believe what he's doing in my life. Stop talking about what the devil's doing. And talk about what God's doing. He defeated the devil. Okay, here we go. Ready? Begin. I am his adopted son and daughter. I am approved. I am accepted. I am reconciled. I am the apple of his eye. I am hidden in Christ. I am seated with Christ in the heavenlies. I am chosen. I am called. I am destined. I am sealed. I have been filled. I am his workmanship. I am a new creation. I am the salt of the earth. I am the light of the world. I am the head, not the tail. I am above, not beneath. I am more than a conqueror. I am an overcomer. I am free. I have power, love, and a sound mind. I am a king and a priest of the Most High. I am an heir to the king. I am a friend of God. I am his beloved. I am blessed. I am the joy set before him. I am anointed. I was made in the image of God. I was exquisitely fashioned. I am a child of God. I am a temple. I was crucified with Christ. I am redeemed. I am a royal priest. I am a living stone. I am a holy nation. I am an heir. I am a branch. I am his disciple. I am his body. I am a son and daughter of the great I am. Come on, somebody give a big shout this morning. Hallelujah. Come on, let's lift up our hands. We praise you, Lord. We thank you, Lord. We are kingdom warriors. We thank you, Lord. Your word has impacted our life this morning, and we thank you for that. Thank you for giving us your word, God. And we worship you, and we thank you for that. Hallelujah. Can somebody say amen? Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Turn to somebody and say, I'm a kingdom warrior. Kingdom warriors are in the house. Okay, now if you're a kingdom warrior... I want you to come next week, but I also want to say, don't come unless you bring somebody. Okay? Don't come unless you bring somebody because number one, we're going to honor the gift of Jeff Taylor that comes next week. By coming, we're going to also prepare a special offering to give to him. So be thinking and praying about that as well as we invest into his ministry. But the best thing you can do, if you want to see God move, you come with expectation. We need, to, we need to, we call it pulling on the gift. Pulling on the gift that God is sending us with expectation. We want to see God move. 
And God moves in atmospheres of expectation, which is an atmosphere of faith, right? That's what he responds to. But bring somebody with you that needs a miracle, that needs healing, that needs the introduction to God, needs salvation. Bring people with you next week, okay? So let's fill the place and believe God. And if the service goes longer, we're not gonna look at the time clock. Just plan for lunch at three o'clock, okay? Whatever, it doesn't matter. Whatever, whatever it takes. It may not be, I'm just saying. You know, just don't be a clock watcher next week, okay? I'm letting you out at 11.31, so you should be able to get to your restaurant as quick as possible, okay? Thursday, Thursday Bible study is at our house. We also have this list of uh, upcoming events all the way through December. It's new out there. has all the dates of everything that we're doing, including all the, the Christmas tree lighting and all the different things we do, Christmas party, uh, family Christmas service. All the dates are in there and contact information. Turn to somebody and say, I'm a kingdom warrior and you guys are dismissed. Thank you for coming to City Park Church.